Welcome listeners to Bardic Mystery Tour. This is a 5th edition D&D actual play podcast. It's about a rock and roll band that's out on tour. And while they're on tour, they solve mysteries. My name is Ed, and I'm going to be your dungeon master for this adventure. I feel like we're in like a mystery noir, like masterpiece theater. Just a quick announcement for all of our listeners. We're changing our name from Bardic Mystery Tour to The Bardic Mystery Tour. If it's good enough for DC, it's good enough for us. Did DC change their name to The DC? Oh my god, I wish they did. (laughs) The most important part about this change is that we will now be filed under T instead of B. Because we have an alphabetizing method from 1986. And I'm playing Kemen. He's a seven foot nine fearbolg, so he's a half giant. He's got flappy lamb like ears, dusty blue skin, and he dresses like a bit of a hippie, Birkenstocks and all. He's the bassist in the band Dreamlancer, and he's got a shaggy beard and is wearing a train hat. Wendy here, being played by Nora today, like every other time you've ever heard Wendy as a character. Wendy's feeling great about not getting covered in any goop last time, but it, it really probably won't last. Uh, but for now, this Snow Leopard to Boxy Bard is feeling pretty good. I'm Brayton, and I'm playing Staff today. Staff is a changeling bard on an adventure to see the world. Staff is taking the form of Scrapper, who was hired as a replacement guitarist for the band Dream Lancer when Staff's old persona was fired from the job. Scrapper is a shifter. Do you ever tell us what your fur looks like? Like blonde with uh, brown streaks, kind of like how like a lynx or bobcat would be in coloration. Okay. Do you have a tail, and is it like stripes? No, no tail. Interesting. You have a tail, right, Wendy? Yeah. It's a snow leopardy tail, so it's like thick and real rounded on the end. I imagine that sometimes I go to the hairstyle salon and have them trim my fur so I look real sleek. I think Nora brought up a really good point. Do hair salons in this world have people who cater for the fur covered? Yes. Or is it a separate kind of salon? I think it depends a lot on the city and how large it is. Because in larger cities, there have to be just like, oh, yeah, full body hair combing. But like that mining town that we went to, they probably don't even have a hair salon there. Yeah. Uh, they've got to have a hair salon. You kidding me? Weren't they all dwarves? Nen probably had like competing grooming stations. There's probably our hair salons where all three of us could go and Lars and all get a haircut. Lars is a different story because some the difference between grooming something sentient and something that's not. Although Lars, he's he can eventually going to be fine and totally sentient. Like what makes more sense? Hairstyling salons that do like humanoid head hair also do full body grooming, or pet salons also handle sentient beings in a way that's not insulting to them. Just a separate thing. Like, think about right now, right? Like, we have barbers and we have salons and we have like eyebrow kiosks and we have like waxing lash, studios, lash uh, 
add-on things. Yeah, and like full body spas that do like back hair styling. You know what I mean? You can get a lightning bolt in your shoulder hair if you want. Where are those at? I don't know, I, it's but... on it's on my shoulder. You have a lightning bolt on your shoulder? Uh-huh. Oh my god. Those is in real life. What color is Kemen's hair? Is it blue? Brown. It's brown? Yeah. Okay. He has like skin. He has blue skin. But then he has hair that's brown. But did he ever think about dyeing it blue to match? I don't know. You want me to ask him? Yeah. He said no. Like, if you were, like, in a dwarven town, there'd probably be, like, a whole beard specialist. God be a beard Mm. specialist, yeah. We should have stopped and gotten, like, really intricate dwarf braids. Can you get eyebrows braided? Do, like, dwarves have thick eyebrows, too, sometimes? Yeah, yeah, man. Probably they braid those. But, like, let's say you go to an elven town. They probably don't even sell razors in, like, elven cities. Yeah, because, like, elves don't even have hair, basically, on their bodies. Is that true? Yeah, because they're made perfect. And hair is imperfect, obviously. I got something to say. Hair is perfect, okay? Think about it this way. Like, you can go to, like, places in the real world where they'll, like, sculpt your nether regions. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not just any place. That's, like, every place. Yeah, but you can't just walk in the barber and be like, hey, you want to give me a little trim up down here? Yeah, but you can get your beard shaved there. You can ask. But I bet if you go to a salon, they often don't do beards. Have you ever seen those, like, the national beard competition? Yeah. Where they grow into, like, a bird's nest and stuff? Yeah, I tried to win, but they said I had to do some sort of hygiene on my body once a year, <laughs> at least. Yeah, it seems like a pretty standard requirement for, like, a competition where other people are going to be. Yeah. Yeah, they told me three feet of nose hair wasn't actually a beard. That's so much nose hair, like... Wouldn't your nose get tired? What? <laughs> From breathing so much? Like holding it up? You're, surprisingly, your nose is okay, but it's your lungs that get worn out from all the air is in your neck. <laughs> you gotta be a mouth breather at that point. It's weird to think that three feet of nose hair would be any more strenuous on your body than three feet of head hair. When there are people nose hair is known to be of head thicker hair. than head hair. Everybody it's also that. pointier. Yeah, but the surface area inside your nose is dramatically less than the surface of your head. Yeah, but what's the follicle density like? I don't know. Like, I've cut off a lot of hair, and there's definitely weight that comes. Like, you feel less weighted, especially, like, whenever your hair is wet. So the nose hair, whenever it's wet, would be, like, a whole nother deal, you know? Oh, my gosh. And it would get frozen in the winter. Oh, my God. You'd have, like, big icicles dangling from your nose. I feel like you guys have never had mustaches in the winter. That's true. (laughs) That is actually completely true. And I don't think there's anything I can really do about it. I'm sorry I brought it up then. The gang finds themselves in the bitter cold, struggling to climb the mountain path on their way out of Nen. Is it the Birkenstocks? No. Okay. Sure. That's Kevin's problem. The winter is getting more harsh. What color do your toes turn when they get really cold? White. But not like a white person's skin tone. Like, like white. Snow colored. Like, yeah. Like frostbitten fingers yeah. before they turn black. It's like that Raynaud's disease when your skin just turns white. But I got hairy toes, so I'm not a hobbit. <laughs> the idea of somebody mixing up a literal giant with the hobbit is kind of funny. Maybe you're a hot, I mean, a halfling, sorry. Yeah, well, it's a half giant, too. Oh. It's a halfling giant? Why am I called a half giant, not a giantling? I think giantling is a totally acceptable term. It sounds much cuter than I'm a half giant. I'm going for it. I'm going to write it down so I don't forget by the next time we play. 
So another thing we need to address is that we never finalized the Grundle Horde. Nice. So we can talk about that if we want. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll get back to the frostbitten toes. Let's dig into that bag of crap and see if there's anything that helps keep us warm. Oh, yeah. Is there any boots in there? There is a pair of boots that I don't know if we mentioned last time. I need them because of my toes. They probably, like, I think half orc and, like, giantling feet are probably about the same size, right? Probably not, but what happens if you try to put them on? Yeah, I want to try and put the boots on. Yeah, you can put them on. Nice. What do they do? They are boots of spider climbing. Did I know that already? Uh, Only if you listened to our podcast or played in it in season one, two, or three. I was just asking for the people that are listening that don't know. That's why I told you. Kevin wasn't here. Kevin wasn't but a twinkle in the his mother's eye. Well, some people started at season four. Yeah, like me, Kevin. I can't remember Kevin's backstory. Kevin has two adoptive elf mothers. Yeah. Okay. Oh uh, no, they're. I think they're halflings. I mean, okay, not elves. I think they're they're not elves. They're um fearbolgs. Yeah. Okay. But they live near an elven town, and that's why we're bros with the elves. I thought you had like a maze thing, like your family has a maze and that's why it's on your shield. Yeah, there's a labyrinth in the town. That's not really a town, but in the settlement where we live outside of the elven town. Is there a minotaur in the labyrinth? No, it's just a walking path. Is there a megator? Maybe. I don't know what that is. Enlighten me. It makes money from tourists. Yes. It's like you get a huge group, like 50 people and you walk them through it once. Yes. That's actually the only reason that we have any money, mm-hmm. because we don't really do anything outside of our little area. Is it called the Amazing Megator? Yeah, and it's made out of corn, so it's maize. It's spelled that way. Yeah, okay, nice. I love it. This is why I like corn mazes. Is one of your mothers your biological mother, or is this an undecided yes. piece of information? Okay. Uh, I stopped paying attention. Is the Megator a dinosaur? Mm. No. You picked the wrong time to stop paying attention. Because it's actually a humongous tour, so it takes less labor per tourist to get their money. It's like 50 people in one maze tour. Yeah, but like your quality of tour is lower. But it's amazing. Can you buy the deluxe tour? No. It all, it's all one. There's it's a like, smaller group and it's more intimate of a discussion about the maze? You can come to that if you're friends with our family. They're a fast pass so you can pay more money and skip to the front of the line? No. Should we get that? I don't know. I think they're kind of dumb. I don't know. It might make some more money. I'm just trying to think, like, what could help you guys out. Find a bird and tell your family. <laughs> I forgot my bird whistle. God damn it. <laughs> I forgot everything today. You get a bird that's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really mad that I haven't been using any of Kevin's mannerisms in talking because I feel like I was just me answering questions <laughs> just then. And then Wendy's like, Find a bird and tell your family. And I'm like, oh, man, I should have. Shit. All right, I'm ready to become Kemen again. So what do these boots let Kemen do? You can walk Spider on walls climbing. with it. Oh, cool. Yeah. But I don't know that until I just I tried try to look it. up the item in the Dungeon Master Guide, and I don't think it's in there. They're called slippers of spider climbing. Oh, that's why. But these are boots, though. Do they say you have to attune them? Yes, it does. So when you put them on, they're just boots. Until you think about it really hard and become their friend. Okay. First, I put the boots on. Are they lace up or buckle up? Uh, wow. The tough decisions that DMs have to make. I think they're lace up. All right, I lace them up good. 
and then I ponder them, and I wonder why there's spider webs on them. You know, I hate to belabor the point, but do they lace up and then at the top, like the top two are hooks? You know what I mean? Yes. No, it's actually this really complicated, like there's like 16 holes in like a random pattern. It's kind of difficult to lace them up, but it looks like a spider web when you're done. And that is the attunement. Once you figure that out, you've thought about it long enough. It takes you a whole short rest to figure it out. (laughs) Cool. I put them on. Did I attune to them in my lacing up process? Are you trying to tell me that you attuned to them between the sessions? Oh, well, are we looking at these things for the first time right now? No, just say yes. Yes. And who got the ion stone? I mean, if nobody else wants it. What does it do? I'll take it. Uh, what's that word that means? Proficiency. It gives you a plus one to your proficiency modifier. It's extremely powerful, but we didn't know that whenever it first existed. You can have it. Thanks, Wendy. Brain was super jealous of Grundledor for having it. What color is it? It's a pale green prism. Well, I'm taking a luck blade anyway, even though I can't cast Wish with it. And wasn't there just like a regular plus one longsword? Yeah. Hey, Kevin, do you want that? But I have that shadow blade. Would you rather Would you rather have a plus one sword or would you rather I have one? I just got that luck blade and I have the fire sword. So I think you should okay. take that yeah. there. And I have a, already have a plus one sword. Cool. Cool. What else was in the collection? The scale mail. Oh, yeah, the scale mail. 4,000 gold that I think Brayton put in the band fund. And I also wrote down a locket. Yeah, there's a locket. What's the? I want to check out the locket. Well, first off, does the scale mail work for Kemen? Uh, yeah. Do you want the scale mail? I don't think I can't wear scale mail. I don't think. Is it plus one as opposed to what I have? Yep. Ooh. But it doesn't have leaves for the scales. That's okay. It was Grundledores. Maybe I can Maybe swap a few. Maybe you can wash it. Yeah, how stinky is all this stuff? Uh, I don't know, because, like, the stink is all involved with, like, things that can, like, decay off. And once you've been, like, in a sealed room for decades, I don't think you stink, like, stinky clothes anymore. You stink, like, sealed off cave now. You think I can cast mending on it to fix any little pieces that are broken, or there are no broken pieces? On the scale mail, Mm -hmm. there are no broken pieces. Okay. On the locket? Yeah. You can cast Mending on the Locket. All right, I cast Mending on the Locket. It was already fine, though. (laughs) What does the Locket look like? Uh, it's just an oval with, like, a hinge on it. Okay. Did we open it yet? I don't think so. I want to open it. We're trying to, yeah. I'm going to open it. Inside it, there's a little pearl that's, like, four millimeters in diameter, but it's glowing faintly. Well, guys, I already have two mini necklaces, so I can't take this one. Unless you want me to look really crazy. I mean, I guess I can wear it if it's going to look silly on Kemen. Because boys don't wear necklaces. Uh, excuse me. Boys are allowed to wear necklaces. You can wear whatever you want. Do we know what this locket does? No, it has a glowing pearl in it. What if it, like, what if it's cursed like that other necklace that I put on? Do you want me to cast Detect Magic? Well, you cast Detect Magic last time that we played, and it is magical. But that doesn't, it's not an identify. Oh, yeah. All right, I'll carry it with me, and then 
Well, oh, I'm sorry. Wait, Kevin, do you want to carry it with you? No, I'm all, I'm all good, man. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm going to try and figure out how to get this armor on here. So I start jingling around and switching my armor. Also, can you put your little leaves onto the scale mail? Yeah, I want to try and take some leaves off and put them on. They're like smithed into it, though. Dang. Okay, well, I don't get rid of my special armor. Okay. I leave it. Maybe you can, like, repurpose it. Yeah. It's on our cart. Okay. I now have an armor class of 18. Oh, me too. And some real sick boots. And my toes are warm again. Yay! All right, we head on up through the snowy pass, whining and complaining about how cold we are the whole time. I'm skipping ahead of everybody else very happily. Well, there's still a lot of snow, and even though you're accustomed to being in the snow, it's still difficult to traverse. But you're having less of a hard time than everyone else. And I'm not complaining. How's Lars doing? Uh, He gets chilly sometimes, but mostly he's just hopping along. Is he wet? I guess as the snow melts. It's not snowing, but it's often very windy and it blows a lot of the snow around. So sometimes you go through intense periods of whiteout just from the wind, not from active precipitation. The road that you're on is headed between two mountains. It is like the shortest path to go because, you know, if you go over a mountain, it's longer. Yeah, like a mountain pass. Yeah, like a, yeah, it's like a mountain pass. Okay, yeah. But it's also it's still very steep and difficult to travel while covered in feet of snow. Is this where the um, Winter Queen from Narnia lives? E- no. Okay. Doesn't she live on a frozen lake? No, she, remember she like froze Narnia? Yeah. And then she like made people into sculptures and stuff? No, I don't remember that. Do we know the name of the town we're headed towards? Um, Did we ask anybody, like, which way we should go? Or were we just like, that looks like a great road in between these two mountains. Yeah, you guys were just like, let's go find another city. See you later. I think we need to, like, buy a map. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. If we ever make it to a town. Man, if you look at this road, though, it's a pretty big road, even though it's steep. There's got to be something at the other end. What do you mean look at this road? You mean look at this part that doesn't have any rocks in it? Yeah. I guess that's a road. Yeah. That's what roads are, in. I keep an eye out for any wintry animals that might be blending in with the snow, like snow rabbits or snow leopards. She's really looking for snow frogs so she can hunt them. Or snow foxes. Or snow alligators. Did you say snow frogs? Yeah. yeah. My grandmother told me about the snow frogs. I've always kept my eyes out for them, but I haven't found one yet. They say you can hear ribbiting late in the night when it's really cold. What time of day is it? Uh, as the travel is arduous, you have not made it as far as you expected in the day. And the day is getting... Late. The sun is setting low in the sky. Hey, uh, Scrapper, if you make uh, Lehman's tiny hut, will it keep the snow out? Oh, yeah. For sure. Even, like, underneath of it? For sure, yeah, for sure. Maybe you guys should cast one and and spend the night in there. I'll set my hammock up outside. Oh, yeah, maybe we guys will cast one. And then I fold my arms and look over at Kemen. 
Like it's Kevin's fault that Wendy said that we would cast it. I look at Scrapper, I'm like, uh, I have a hammock if you're, are you mad? Oh, maybe I'll cast it. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know that spell. And then I cast Lehman's Tiny Hut. L-E-O-M-U-N, the apostrophe, S. Lehman's got a tiny hut. Is um our horse with us in our cart? Yeah. Did that's why we're so it, slow. Did it make it okay? The cart's struggling, but Valerie's a trooper. He's doing okay. Can Valerie fit in this hut? No. Dang. It's too large. Poor guy. I'll keep him next to me. Okay. I don't want to. Why are we casting a hut? We're said stopping for the night because you said it was nighttime. Okay, it's un. It's not that late. <laughs> okay, rewind. Wait, are you saying retcon there was no night or we just woke up and we're moving on? <laughs> no. We're, retcon, it was afternoon. It was, it's like getting closer to evening. Afternoon. We thought, we, oh. thought that, we thought that was like the signal of you, you need to stop for the day. So when you said the sun was setting in the sky, but you meant the sun is hanging low in the early evening sky. The sun is hanging low in the early evening sky. Oh, we got to keep going. Maybe we can get to this town, which we know the name of. The wind picks up. You enter near whiteout conditions as you continue to move on. But then when the whiteout breaks and the winds calm down, you notice what you haven't noticed yet ahead of you in the pass between the mountains is an enormous wall of ice that seems impassable. Man, that looks impossible. Roll perception checks. 23. 14. 16. You notice on top of the walls are stationed like guards a bunch of spined devils. Some of them are even flying in patrol arcs around. You also see some other extremely large-looking monster-ish thing that's really too far away for you to identify because you don't feel like you've ever seen one before. The details of it are a little hazy because it's so far away. But Scrapper happens to see this really beat-up rickety old sign on the side of the road that's covered in snow. What's it say? It's covered in snow. I'm going to go over to it and brush the snow off. This sign is old and beat up and worn and looks like no one's maintained it for years. But you can faintly make out on it the word Oddwalk Village. Like O-D-D space W-A-L-K? No space. I really thought for some reason that you were going to make him do some kind of check to wipe the sign off. And I was thinking it would be hilarious if he failed that. Yeah, do a sign snow wipe check. 1,000. Barely made it. A marginal success. Your hand almost faltered in the process. <laughs> After you find this sign, you, it does seem like there might be a very unheavily traveled path leading off of the mountain pass into the nearby woods. Hey, guys. Yeah, man. What's up? Let's take this path. I don't even want to talk to those devils. Yeah. Do we see any, like, people with the devils or, like, any non-devils near this wall? Or is it just all devils? 
When I say a massive wall, this wall is probably like more than 250 feet tall. It's enormous. So we're still a fair ways yeah, yeah, away. Yeah, we're still pretty far away. So uh, you haven't done very much investigating of the wall. But what it means is it's far enough up that like, because like, you're not in like a cut out of the mountain. The two mountains come down. But so it's like, it goes up the mountains far enough that now the mountains are like too steep to traverse. And it also blocks all of that area. It's not just like a little wall in like a ditch kind of thing, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A great walled mountain pass. But it's very pristine ice. It doesn't look like naturally formed ice that would be full of impurities and look more like rock and snow because it's ice. It looks more like ice cubes from the freezer ice. Somebody's been running amok with an ice machine. Who left the hose on? Well, you know what my mother always says... If danger finds you, run away. I guess that's wise. Let's go this way. Is it to the right or the left, this new path? I thought it was to the right. Me too. What does that roll mean? 922, which means right, left. Are you serious? We all thought it was to the right. I wonder if he said it was to the right. And that's why we all think that, but he forgot. All right, start a new map. (laughs) All right, we head left up the secret path. Around this bedeviled ice wall. Did it say anything other than the name of the village? It had a little arrow carved. It didn't say like how far away well, or which, anything? Wh- yeah, which direction did the arrow point? Up that path to the left. Guys, let's go to this path. Okay, let's go that yeah. way. Good Odd catch. Do you think they like walk really oddly there? No. Who knows, man? Maybe it's because of all the snow, so they have to lift their legs up really high. Oh, maybe they invented some kind of shoes to make it easier to walk in this shit. Like stilts or something. As you travel through the woods, the trees get denser and the light gets dimmer. Should we set up camp now? No, you're not allowed. Does it look foreboding? It looks protected by plot armor. (laughs) But you're not allowed to make camp in the first, like, 20 minutes of the (laughs) D&D session until you meet at least one character. Okay. She's trying to find animals. It's your fault there aren't any. We know, keep God. moving down the path. I feel It feels like you're giving us a beat to do something, but like we'll, we keep going until we run into somebody or something. Or I see f- some snow frogs. As the woods feel more and more haunted, you start to hear strange howls. Can you give us a like an impression? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like creaky. Which direction is it coming from? It sounds like it's coming from all over. I say to Crow, my raven familiar. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, could you go fly around and take a look and see if you find anything that's like, I don't know, spooky scary? Uh, for sure. Wait. Crow flies off. I think we just need to WD-40 all the trees. I think they're just rusty. Crow flies off. And as you watch Crow fly off above the trees, you see out of the corner of her eyes something massive and white moving between the trees. Oh my god, it's the moon! <laughs> did they notice or did I notice? You noticed. Psst, guys. What? What's up? Yeah? And I gesture with my head up at the white thing, and I'm like... Wait, what do you mean up? You said up in the trees. Something white is moving up in the trees. You said up. above the trees. No, I said Crow flew off above the trees. And then you notice something moving between them. Oh. I get the confusion now, but it was at <laughs> eye level. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so at ground level, we see something white moving between 
That's why Out I thought it was so stupid eye. that I said the moon. <laughs> yeah, I thought the, yeah, I thought the moon was a stupid thing to say. Okay. I look at it full on. Like I try to see it not in my peripheral. Okay, roll a perception check. I wanna look at it too. Fourteen. There's nothing 17. there. Seventeen. There's nothing there. I got a twenty-four. Oh. There's nothing. To the right. Or the left. Whoa. Okay. I say, Kevin, I don't see anything, big guy. Okay. I look through uh Crow's eyes. Do I see anything while he's flying around? Yeah, you see, there's a village not too far away. It's made out of strange buildings. Are people walking oddly? You don't, he's not that close. Oh, okay. Can you give us some descriptors of in what ways the buildings are strange? They don't look like normal houses, but Crow's really far away. Okay, well, tell me when he comes back. You can only look through his eyes for 120 feet, right? Mm-hmm. See? I'll tell you when he comes back. Okay. Hey there, groupies. Brayton here. I hope you're all strapped in and ready for a whole bunch of tomfoolery this episode because that's what you're going to get. Thanks for listening to Bardic Mystery Tour. We hope you're having a great time. We love talking about nothing and everything all at the same time, and we hope you like listening to it so much that you're willing to check out our website, bardicmysterytour.com. From there, you can find links to all of the music we make on Bandcamp sites or on Spotify or Wherever else you can find our music, like Deezer and stuff. Uh, Also, you can find a link to our Patreon page in case you'd like to be part of the group of people who support us and get some postcards mailed to you every month. That's pretty cool, I think. And uh, probably links to some other stuff. But who knows unless you go. It's like the old saying is, you don't know unless you visit the URL. All right, I don't have much to announce. Thanks for sticking with us all the time. You know, we love you. And let's get back to the show. Okay, well, I'm not scared because I'm a real adventurer. Yeah, man, let's keep going. Why are yeah. you scared? There's a town. No, we let's can, stay together. Maybe we can get a hotel or something. Yeah. And then the wind picks up, and the wind through the trees makes an eerie howling sound like this. <laughs> I start to harmonize with it. And then as you continue on, you see three children playing in the snow. Are they creepy twins? No. Are they all wearing the same outfit? One of them is a snow leopard tabaxi. And one of them is an orange and black tabaxi. And one is a black and white tabaxi. And the ones that aren't snow leopards are bundled up in, like, warm winter clothing, like one would wear in the winter. You said one's a snow leopard, one's black and white. What was the second one? Orange and black. And they're all tabaxis, or they're... Yeah. And they look like they were doing, like, a snowball fight thing, but now they're it's broken down into wrestling. I throw a snowball at them, like like, but not in, like, a mean attack way. In, like, a <laughs> play, playful, friend, not foe way. Um, okay. Well, they're making, like, gleeful child playing noises that I can't replicate. And then when you throw a snowball at them, they all look up and they go, Hey, more strangers! And they all make snowballs and they huck them at you. Oh, no. And then they start (laughs) running around in circles and screaming. We crush them. And they do that thing, you know how, like, when kids scream, they just sound like they're literally being murdered and you don't know why they're doing that? Uh, they're all doing that. 
Perfect. I cast mirror image okay. to make multiples of myself so they don't know which one to hit with a snowball. Okay, how many uh, mirror images do you make? Three. Oh my gosh. Mirror there once was one, there now are four. Striking and cards are keeping me unhurt. We're doing snowball battle? But not like mean. And then I tell them, like, I want to have like a four-pointed triangle attack. Whoa. You're naming attacks now? Is this Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. And you go like, four-pointed triangle attack! And every Windy makes two snowballs, one for each paw, and then she throws them. Wow. Also, four-pointed triangle attack is the wildest name for an attack I've ever heard. It does sound like a real anime attack. I'm going to cast message to the snow leopard one. And I'm going to say, let's team up on my friend, the snow leopard to boxy, Wendy. Okay. And then I sneak up behind Wendy and throw snowballs at her. Everybody roll initiative. 16. 5. 15. All right, this is all making sense because Kevin did start this whole thing. Go ahead and roll an attack roll. But I don't want to hurt them. I just want to be in a Then don't put a rock in your snowball. Just make it out of snow. And don't pack it too tight. What's an attack roll? Just a d20 plus dexterity? I feel really stupid. Is it only because we talk about this all the time? Yeah. Okay. But you know the answer. You said the answer. That is it? Yeah, unless you're proficient in snowballs. I'm definitely proficient in snowballs. There's a chance a snowball is a simple weapon. Then everyone would be proficient in it. 23. Okay, you hit one of the kids. I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> and then I run off to the left into the woods. All right. I guess, Wendy, it's your turn. I'm adding my proficiency bonus. Who are you throwing it at? Also, which one did you throw it at? Oh, um, the black and white one. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw it at the snow leopard kid. Okay. Um, can I do two since I already made two snowballs? I think you just do one. Okay. I got a 17. Okay, you hit that kid. He spins around and falls on the ground and goes, oh, I'm dead. I run the opposite direction of which way Kevin went. I think you went left, right? Yeah. So I go right. And my illusory duplicates also go right. Okay. I guess the black and white one also uh, screamed and grabbed their head and laid on the ground. And the last one that's standing up flings a snowball at Scrabber. What? That's the snow leopard one. No, it's the orange or black one. The snow leopard's down for the count. Does an 11 hit your armor class? No way. Well, okay, fine. Then it's your turn. All right, I throw a snowball at Wendy, because I'm a cat who keeps my word. But which one? Armor class 17. Wendy, does that hit you? Um, so for the illusory duplicates, I'm supposed to roll a d20 to see if it hits. Oh, they do this silly system with this chart. It's a, it's but a it's d20, even distribution. But it's the point is distributed it... between yeah, four yeah. options. Yeah, but I just can't remember what it does. Yeah, I would just roll a d4, and if it's a 1, it hits you, and if it's a 2, 3, or 4, it doesn't hit you. Okay. I'll do that. It's a 4. All right. It hits one of the duplicates, and the duplicate fades out. It poofs. Ah. All right, Kevin. I have a question for the DM. Okay. What colors are the snow leopard? It's like a grayish, white-ish spotted. It looks like me. 
Yeah, but I thought it was black and white, and you keep saying a black and white tabaxi, and so I was like, there's two black and white tabaxis and an orange and black tabaxi. Yeah, but it's like a black and white, like, tabby. <laughs> okay. Tabaxi. All right, All right that's what It's I a zebra. Which I think, tell me if I'm wrong. So did you find, didn't you find, like, a thing about different kind of tabaxi that you looked up one time? It was like... Probably. But, like, I think that all the tabaxi in... Forgotten Realms are all those like ocelot looking tabaxi. I don't think that in Forgotten Realms there's like different kinds of tabaxi. Mm. And I don't know, we'll talk about it later. When we're not on the podcast. Or maybe it's an important plot point mm. that Scrapper doesn't know shit about, but Wendy knows all about it. Okay. Oh, wow. This this whole article is really interesting. It says the leopard men pronounced it tabakshi. Oh. What is it? A-E? What's the A-E together? How do you An pronounce ash. that? Eh. Eh. Bixi? Tabixi? And the jaguar men pronounce it tabashi. 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 And it says that they were differentiated by either having spotted or straight fur. And depending on their region and fur coloration, they were known by different names. So with solid spots, they were called leopard men, and the ones with rosette spots were called jaguar men. This is on uh, ForgottenRealms.Fandom. Okay. So maybe there's two kinds in Forgotten Realms. But there's a chance that the rest of D&D has just decided to make every kind of tabaxi. Yeah, in the Remembered Realms, we have them all, baby. Yeah, baby. I don't care. There's ones of snow leopard. This... In this world, there's all kinds, so get ready for it, baby. Dang, I should have had an atlatl. It said that they favored bolas, slings, macas, and javelins with atlatl. Yeah. All right, I'm done reading this article. Good. All right, I holler to the kids, and I'm like, you guys okay? Do you surrender? Yeah, are we done with this? I don't, I just want to see if they're okay. Okay, they all get up, and they scream and giggle, and they run away. <laughs> <laughs> I dismiss the rest of my duplicates. And then one turns around and pulls down the lower lid of his eye and sticks his tongue out at you. <laughs> I put my hands on my head like moose antlers and I go, then they and giggle then I and they run away. I try to look really serious and stern like I think adults are supposed to be. Don't you do that to your elders. Uh, dude, I started it. It's fine. That's what adults are like. Are, okay, I guess. I didn't know there was a tabaxi village up here, guys. This is cool. Maybe I'll meet some of my cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll meet some of my cousins. They talked to you about it, and then, come on, we had like nine discussions about this. <laughs> I totally expected that there was a tabaxi village up here. Hey, let's get into this village and see if they have a place where we can take a cat nap. Do you guys speak a cat language that's like meowy? Um, I don't have, like, a tabaxi language written down on my character sheet, but I do feel like they would have their own language that they would use. They probably do. And it would probably involve, like, rubbing your cheeks against stuff, because cats love doing that. Yeah. Cats are weird. Probably, like, groom each other. I think the big blue-skinned giants are weird. No, I was Emily. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Sorry (laughs) about that. We continue into the town, following the laughter of children. Yeah, do we have to go through the woods to get there? Or does this path go, like, next to the woods? 
The path goes through the woods. Nice. All right. You arrive on a bunch of buildings as the town begins. And what you notice immediately is these aren't regular buildings. They're actually all like carts, like those living carts that like uh, caravans have. You know what I mean? Like gypsies or tinkers or. Yeah. Traveling circuses. Yeah. Yeah. Like traveling circus carts. This is bizarre. Do any of them have, like, a name on them? You know how, like, if you're a traveling circus, you would put, like, your name real big on the side of your cart to advertise? Oh, yeah. They're all, like, decorated up. They all have advertisements on them, you know what I mean? Like, uh... Snuff? You know what I'm talking about? Like, those the ones on barns? They're, like, smokeless tobacco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) What did you think I meant? Like, snuff films? That's what I assume he thought you meant. <laughs> no, I didn't. I meant like smokeless tobacco ads. Are they like ads for milk and cheese or are they ads for like their goods that they sell? They're for like acts that would be in a traveling show. Cool. None of them look particularly like road ready. They look like they've been here for a while. Many of them have semi-permanent like fixtures on them that make it so they're attached to the ground. If you move the cart, it would be like bad for the rest of the thing. It's more like a trailer park. Not not all the wheels. Yeah, it's more like a trailer park. The wheels don't all look like they're ready to go. Some of them are just all the way off their wheels. They're like up on uh, chucks. What's the right word for that? Um... I don't know what the right word is, but I thought that sounded good. I don't think that's right. No, That's in world. That's what they're called, Brayton. Chuck, you put under the wheel so it doesn't move. Yeah, that's that triangle that you have on a stick when you're the mailman. Have you ever seen that? What? What are you talking about? It's like a metal triangle on a long stick so you don't have to bend over. And you stick it behind your wheel if you're delivering mail. It's called a chuck. And it's spelled like a chalk. Yeah. And you're supposed to do that to your truck every time you stop it when you have a big truck. Yeah. If your brake gives out... It stops it. That's the purpose. But you can also use, like, a brick. But a brick won't work on pavement really well. Well, That's good. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Because the things that we're talking about are not the same word. Some of the cards have trucks under their wheels. But I'm talking about some of them are, like, literally not on wheels anymore. Like, something that would be a cinder block if cinder blocks existed in this world. Yeah, or, like, full, like, logs. Or, like, they might have skirts around some of them because it's, like, good for insulating them and stuff. How many of them have additions that are just attached to the ground? Attached to them? Uh, The majority of them. Is there a sign that says Oddwalk Village? Yeah, it's actually just another cart. And on the side of it, it says, Odd Walk. And then underneath it, there's a thing that's scratched out. And it says, Village. But it looks like it used to say, Odd Walk's Traveling Showcase. But it's it says Village on top of where it says Traveling Showcase. Does anybody say hello to us whenever we walk in? Yeah, you see a bunch of people standing around. And uh, the kids run up past this extremely old snow leopard to boxy. And they go, look, there's more travelers. And uh, this extremely old tabaxi looks at you and goes, oh, travelers, what a month we've had. What do you mean, what a month we've had? Welcome, travelers, to Oddwalk Village. Why, thank you. I am Strength of the Tree Trunk, Snowy Mountain. A snowy mountain here? Yeah. I'm a snowy mountains, too. No way. Soft wind in the trees. Windy. Yeah. Oh, my. You probably don't even remember me. I left when you were but two years old or something. No, I don't remember you at all. Oh, yeah. I knew your parents. 
you knew brook and doe babbling brook in the field and first doe in the morning Ah, uh, that's what yeah i do remember them you know, we weren't great friends. They were, you know, acquaintances of mine. Mm-hmm. I remember your grand birthday party. My grand birthday party? From when you were born. Yeah, your parents were oh. when you were born. Yeah, they told me it was quite a celebration. I'm a little too young to remember what it was like. but You know how those snowy mountains celebrate birthdays. Oh, sure thing. You won't remember it for days. <laughs> you know that saying, if you remember your birth, if if... If you remember your birthday, you have to remember getting older, too. Yeah, that's yeah. what they say. Well, what brings you to these parts? Oh, you know, I was uh, doing my traveling. You know how we are, those cursed with the great cat's curiosity. The need we... to wander. Yeah, you know. And, uh, you know, I ran into this traveling troop. We kind of ended up here and I guess just kind of settled down, you know? The cat lord smites curiosity on the specific followers, you know? Yeah, that's how it is. But while I was traveling, I met this old man, Kilnsley Oddwalk. He ran this strange showcase. Killingsley? No, Kilnsley. Kilnsley. Kilnsley? There's one L. Kilnsley. Kiln. Like you make pottery in it? Oh my With God, who made this name, right? <laughs> yeah. Kilnsley Oddwalk? Kilnsley Oddwalk, yeah. And boy, did he like oddities. Seems like a great person to hook up with. I'm sure he showed you some cool stuff. Yeah, we had a great time. And that's actually, it's very basically like a tabaxi magnet. You'll notice there's lots of tabaxi in Oddwalk Village. And he gestures faintly toward the village. By the way, this village is not densely populated. It's only like, you know, there's probably less than 50 of those carts around. It's a pretty small village, but, uh, most of the residents you can see wandering around are Tabaxi. Are there any other snowy mountains here? Or are you the only one? I saw a snow leopard child. I'm not sure if that's a snowy mountains kid or not. Oh, no. That's one of the Golden Berries clan from nearby the old snowy mountain territory. But uh, there is my uh, granddaughter, First Light of the Dawn Snowy Mountain. She's uh, wandering around here. Well, I'll have to make sure I say hello to her. While we're here. Yeah. By the way, these are my friends. We're in a band together. This is Kemen. Oh, hi, Kemen. Hey. You can just call me Trunk. Nice. You can call me whatever you want, man. Just don't call me late for dinner. Yeah. And this is my good friend, Scrapper. Hi, nice to meet you. I hold out my hand for a handshake, like a normal person. Oh, I gave him the three-finger peace sign. Is that is that nor- not normal? He gave you the three-finger peace sign, but then whenever Skyper held up her hand to shake his hand, he went to wave and then was like, oh, and then awkwardly shook her hand. Yeah. I said normal person because I wanted you to know I wasn't holding my hand weirdly. Oh, I thought you were saying it's normal only if you shake hands. We're actually in a band together. Oh, my. Yeah, our name's Dream Lancer. That sounds really cool. And Lars here, our, our giant gerbil dog, is our drummer. And then Lars, the giant gerbil, says, yeah, yeah, hit stuff. We're trying to make a hit, a hit record. I mean, a hit What is this called? Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. Did Crow ever come back? Yeah. Okay, just check no. it. Crow's gone forever. <laughs> Crow comes down, and he's like, like, I found the, the village, okay? <laughs> Us too. <laughs> Yeah, do you think that maybe we could play a show while we're here? Oh, yeah, probably. That sounds fantastic. You know how we love culture. Yeah. 
And uh, you just probably got to talk to old Wise Owl, Eerie Hollow. An Eerie Hollow here? Yeah, it's why I told you, uh, the boxy from all over wind up here at Odd Walk Village. Well, you know, the Eerie Hollows don't have the best reputation. Yeah, well, it's, it's okay. Don't shh. Don't, don't tell anyone else, you know what I mean? Hey, uh, Trunk. What's up? You said that it's been a time for visitors. What other visitors have you had? Or did you guys already talk about that? And I just Travelers. Thought, you said travelers. Yeah, I got distracted. You guys are the third time this month. We probably see two people a year. We got three in a month. Who else is it? Do we count as three, four, and five, or are we just one incident? Just one incident. Wait, are you traveling together? Yeah. Yeah, we're a band called Dreamlands, and that's only one incident. Oh, we could play a show if you want. Yeah, we already talked about that. <laughs> that was the part where you weren't paying attention. I remember that part. The problem is that no one answered the first thing, and I just keep trying to ask it, and no one is answering it. You remember the part where you weren't paying attention? No, I have it written down. We have to talk to some wise owl. <laughs> His name is Wise Owl Eerie Hollow. Do you live in a tree? No, he's just a boxy. I mean, that's still a relevant question. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> he lives in a house on wheels. Oh, okay. Have you uh, seen any devils up here? Uh, well, interesting. That's all we hear about these days from travelers, you know. Yeah, everywhere we go, every town seems to be infested. Yeah, well, first, LaKendra came through town. She seemed like a pleasant person. She gave us all these pamphlets, and he pulls out a pamphlet. Was she wearing a duster? Yeah, she was wearing, like, a tan duster, now that you mention it. I make eyes at Wendy. Like, sexy, flirty eyes? No, like, <laughs> I, I know where this is going, eyes. I make sexy, flirty eyes at Wendy. I make uncomfortable eyes back. I want to know about the rest of these travelers. Yeah, she said she was trying to get to the next town down the road, but, um, you know, was having trouble getting up the pass. Apparently there's some devils going on. Yeah, we saw this big ice wall thing. Yeah, we saw a couple of those devils ourselves. Yeah, I was reading this pamphlet, and it sounds like there's maybe an ice devil up there. And that sounds pretty terrifying. It says the ice devil's one of the most dangerous devils there there's are. There's an ice devil in that pamphlet? Did I not say there's an ice devil in it? You said a couple nice devils, but no ice devils. Do you have a list of all the devils I said? This I heard time? dice devil, but no ice devil. Do the pamphlets we've had from the past have ice devils in them? thought they did. Okay, sick. All right. Uh, I thought they got a new version of the pamphlet. I cross-reference my pamphlet and read the Ice Devil section. Does it say that unlike every other devil, that they are susceptible to fire? Because dang, man, this fire sword could really come in handy. Yeah, hasn't been, it hasn't it. been useful the entire rest of the season, but... Yeah, what kind of a cruel DM would give us a fire sword and then put us up against <laughs> fire immune monsters? Well, you got it from a devil... Immune to fire. Why would the ice devil be immune to fire? It's yeah, so seriously. cold that the fire can't burn it. Yeah. Gotta make one of those like really hot fires that turns a different color. Green. Acid fire. Green fire. Ah, uh, fire tornado. That's a real <gasps> thing. It's like a sharknado, but made out of fire. Yep. That sounds terrifying. It's real on this earth. There are not fire sharks in it. That part was a lie. But in the pamphlet, there's a rough sketch, and when I say rough, it is extremely rough. And it's a picture of this, it looks like a, 
beetle man of some kind with large mandibles and like uh you know how beetles have like a uh, behind the legs the abdomen keeps going until it gets like pointy because it's like football shaped kind of abdomen you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. like it's butt and it has like human shaped arms they look like maybe only like three claws on each hand or something like that and it's holding like a big lance and that's the ice devil and it looks like it's covered in like armored scales made of metal or something sounds ugly how many arms does it have? Uh, it only has two arms. Does it have nipples? No, no nipples. What a freak. I'm writing right? that down. No nipples. Does it have like axes of tape where the nipples are? Do you know that like only mammals have nipples? Yeah, but you didn't say this wasn't a mammal. I said it looked like a beetle. Okay, but that doesn't mean that it's not a mammal. I don't, Okay, I agree. It does not have nipples. <laughs> the evidence is mounting up. Does it have a thermometer out of its mouth that says... Some temperature that's colder than what most mammals are. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. I think this brings up a really important question it's- that we haven't considered before, which is how do devils procreate eggs? Magically. They lay eggs inside of humans. I think it's likely that they're not even mammals. You think? I need to tell you guys something real quick, and I'm a little bit ashamed of this, but I just told you it had that beetle butt thing going on. I just drew it. It's important that you it has can't a tail. Take it, away. it has a, it has to have a tail. It has like a long almost reptilian like tail, but it's still kind of beetly. It can be a short stubby little tail that looks like a beetle if you need it to be. I don't know how you I understand how you made the sounds with your mouth, but I don't know how you can have a straight face and tell us that it has a tail that is beetly like that's some sort of adequate description of something. What the hell is a beetly tail? It's like segmented? Is it like No, it has like that shiny material on top instead of skin. Like Japanese beetles. Does it move? Imagine it's like a stinger. It's like a stinger. It's like a hard tail. I don't want it to be what it looks like though. It has a tail. It has like a tail. Like a dino tail. Okay. I was gonna say because it's kinda like a dragon, but more beetly looking. Its head looks very it has like big complex eyes. And mandibles and like an elongated head. Its head goes like straight into its body as opposed to like having like a neck. No neck. So it still faces forward like a human face does, but the body goes up and bends like that kind of. You know what I would love? So that it doesn't have a neck. To have like a listener competition of is everybody uses the same description from Ed and draws what they think it looks like. And then we just laugh at all the results. I love it. There's nothing else to gain from it. I just think it would be funny. Okay, I have mine done, so tweet at us. Because I just feel like they would all look vastly different. And it has antennas. Are they crinkly? They're like, you know how ants have like the feeler antennas? It's definitely crinkly. These ones are crinkly. They have icicles on them. How many channels? 500. Does the book say antennas or antennae? I don't think the book says. Okay. The book has a picture. That looks fantastic. He, that looks fantastic. He looks like he's about to break out into song. He might. Dance. This is this is the diva one. My picture is going to be tainted by your picture. The arms are very humanoid looking arms where the legs are much more beetle looking legs, but they're still kind of man looking legs. It's complicated. But they do that thing when they go back and like they go back and then forward and then like you know like uh, what do you mean back and forward? At so the like knee, our legs, at the joints. Yeah, yeah. Like so, uh, the, it's like the knees are bent backwards almost. Yeah, yeah. Like a bug. You know, like the foot part of the leg is really long. Just imagine a bug. <laughs> uh huh. All right, I got it. I think I cool, got cool, it. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. All right, so we got that. Somewhere between a bug and a dragon. And now that you're looking at this picture, 
even though the picture is not maybe drawn by like the best artist in the entire world, you are starting to think that that other thing you saw on the ice wall may have been this ice devil. But oh, it was really far was away. Around? No, Are they big? it wasn't flying around. What was flying around? The spine devils. Do they put a person-sized stick figure next to all these in the manual so we know how big they are? No, that's one of the big shortcomings of the uh, pamphlet. Whenever we finally get officially hired by the commission, I think that we bring this up in the first meeting. Did you send that to me as a message, or did you just out us as not part of the commission in front of all of our new friends? Trunk, specifically. I look at Trunk and I say... I mean, we're are I we are. When we get when we get back, we're on. We're commissioned members. by the commission. Trunk says, "Oh, um, what's the commission? Those uh, dusters, yeah, those dusters and people. these pamphlets. It's not the what dusters. No, that's not wait. I only saw one person with a duster. Yeah, we're yeah, part that of that person though, not the duster. The duster is just clothing. Did this one have sleeves? Because we tore the sleeves off one of our friends. Yeah, she had sleeves on he her duster. So tough." And she had these two sweet-looking curved swords. Whoa. Scimitar? Maybe more like a Kopesh. So she wasn't a druid. Imagine, like, an extremely cartoony Kopesh that's, like, uh, instead of looking, like, real historically accurate, it's, like, it's got, like, a straight blade coming and then just, like, a literal, like, semicircle blade. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. It's almost can... more sickle, but it's, like, the curved side is still the sharpened side. What's the difference between a Kopesh and a scimitar? Um, it depends on who you talk to, but basically Kopeshes come from Egypt and scimitars come from east of there. I don't think that we have the expertise to get into it. I think that we need to have a sword expert on our podcast Dude, as a guest. This is a picture of a lightning Kopesh. There you go. One of the things that's tricky about the word scimitar is that there's a lot of people on the internet these days saying that it's a term that's just meant to other Middle Eastern swords from a European yeah, standpoint. Yeah, and it's not any different than like a saber. Okay. So like when you think of like the Aladdin animated movie scimitars, those are like very like caricatured scimitars, right? Which is also what happens to Kopesh's. It says it's an Egyptian sickle sword. That's what the definition says on the internet. But here's a, I think, strong difference between a sickle and a kopesh. The inside of the sickle is sharpened because it's for, like, cutting crops down uh-huh. in a, like, safer manner. It gathers them into the blade. This is, like, is the inside of the kopesh sharpened? I don't think so. I no, believe the, like outside, the outside is. Yeah, the but outside this is. one has, like, a little pointy hook on it, on the end. Yeah, the point is that it's curved to, have an, to be an effectively keener edge. If you want to be tricky, you just sharpen both sides. Oh... That's what I think. Yeah. Then no one would expect it. Yeah. Anyway, she had these really sweet looking swords. Is Lakendra still here or did she leave? No, she left. Oh, she okay. was only here for like one day. Did she tell you any good stories while she was here? She sucked at storytelling. And so I was happy to have her leave. I'm wow. sorry to hear that. But speaking of storytelling, I bet the kids would love to hear one of your stories, Wendy. Yeah, I have so many good ones now. We've been traveling for months on the road. That is the reason to travel, right? Yeah. Gotta get some new stories to tell, and then one day I'll retire back to Snowy Mountains. So maybe tonight around the campfire you can tell a story to the kids. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, you might as well do something with the curse of the cat devil, right? Isn't that what you said? Oh, sorry. That's a... You might not understand um, not being a tabaxi, but... That's kind of like the old people's way of talking about it because, like, the young people don't think they're cursed to the wanderlust. They think that it's, like, just cool. But once you get old and you need to settle down, then 
you realize it's a curse. Yeah, and you realize you didn't put any money in your 401k. But Wendy picked up on that when I said it, and she just shook her head at me for being old and said, okay, boomer. But that's why you'll notice basically all the Tabaxi are either old Tabaxi or very young Tabaxi because they're either not old enough to venture out or we're all settled down. And that's why we kind of ended. See, like the troop, we did that traveling troop for a long time. We learned a lot of stuff. But um, honestly, when Kilnsey died, we were all getting old and we just kind of parked the carts and decided to make something of the world, you know, cut our own chunk of the world out. You know, sadly... As you know, those with the wanderlust pass it on. So a lot of our progeny also needed to see the world and uh, have taken off. So there aren't many of the, uh, you know, middle-aged. Yeah, seems like you guys might need some uh, builders to come up here and help build you some more permanent residences. Uh, Well, you know, houses are just things and things aren't that wonderful. That's true. We did it for a while and then, you know, that was spent, you know. I just know some of these tabaxi that aren't. Snowy mountains probably get kind of cold up here. In oh, this mountain yeah. pass. Well, some of these are pretty warm uh, little carts. You know, they got some pretty warm clothes and stuff. Plus, when it's not the winter, it's not that cold up here. It's not like the snowy mountain, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, we have a couple pretty cold nights every year and then pretty tame rest of the year. Well, who did you say those other travelers were? You said there were three three groups, including us, right? Yeah, yeah we well, are the third more. one. Yeah. Well, we uh, oh, one more. We had a, uh, a very strange traveler come into town. A ghost? No. A kenku. That's the bird people, right? Yeah. They're like crows. Is she from a band? Wingless crows, yeah. She, we haven't, she's kind of difficult to communicate with, so I haven't talked to her a lot. She mostly likes to chill. Yeah. She's She's around. She's still here? Yeah. We go talk to her? Yeah, you can look around for her. And she come with someone? Nope. Oh, just by herself. Okay. Yep. Actually, strangely enough, came from uh, the west, not from the east, from the road. Did she make a lot of guitar noises? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, she I think it might be Kahana. Could be. Seems odd that we're running into all these Death Saves people. Did she give out any merch from the band Death Saves? She may have mentioned the name Kahana, but like it was in Kenku language and like, you know. Can Kenku fly? No. They're flightless. That's very specifically their thing is they don't have wings and they're very angry about it. <laughs> that sucks. Because their wings were taken by the mischief god of birdness or something. So every Kenku dreams of flying again. It's in their blood, but they can't physically do it. It's like being forced to not be you your entire life. It's horrible. Yeah, like imagine you couldn't take a whiz. I could take a whiz. You want to do a break? Well, if Nora's in the middle of thought, I don't want to interrupt it. It was about, like, if there's any shops in town. Like, I didn't know, like, with it being a caravan, if there would be, like, a general store or anything. Truck says, um, well, you know, we don't do a ton of, uh, you know, standard commerce. You know how we don't prize money as much as we prize knowledge, and uh, we barter a lot. And uh, honestly, we just help each other out a lot, because we just kind of chill up in our village, you know? Okay. We're not a commerce-heavy town. Cool. Is there a Cat Lord temple that I can go pray in? Yeah. I'm sure at this point we would have built one. Let me write that on my notes real quick. Cool. All right, now we can take a break. What were those strange noises in the woods? And is this Kenku in Oddwalk Village really Kaana? Find out next time on Bardic Mystery Tour.
This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Bardic Mystery Tour is recorded at Looking for Group Pittsburgh. Looking for Group Pittsburgh is a land center in the Brookline neighborhood of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you're in the area, stop by for games, co-working, or events. Find more information or schedule your next party at lfgpgh.com.